G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Nathan Thebridge from Voice to the Nations Church. He's a blogger and an author and a speaker. We're going to hear a bit of his story today. Mate, tell us a bit about where you were born and raised. Hey, Matt. Good to be with you, mate. Uh, I was born in Liverpool, uh, southwest of Sydney. In a, in a place called West Hoxton. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, uh, still don't live far from there. Okay. Um, it's changed a lot today. It was bushland <laughs> when I was a kid. Now it's just all houses. <laughs> and did you have a religious upbringing at all? Yeah, I did. We were, we were brought up in the Uniting Church, uh, a little church on the hill not far from home, which is still there today, where the, where the, the old steeple, I'm very fond. I just drove past there recently. Okay. And uh, some very great memories there. It all started there, uh, just a little church, a little sanctuary, and uh, some very, very fun memories. And did you have a conversion experience as a young fellow, or were you always a believer? You know what? I think uh, I think uh, church was always part of our life growing up. Um, it probably would have been my very early teens where I was very conscious of God and the idea of God. So probably in my early teens. Uh, is when I really connected with God for myself. Um, but church has always been a big part of my life, and God has always been that central narrative. Mm, okay, and tell us a bit about your uh, early career. Uh, did you uh, uh, study after school? What, what did you do for work after then? Yeah, I survived year 11 for about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, kind of found my way into TAFE where I studied business administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and quite enjoyed that, and then fell into healthcare, uh, where I started as a, a sales rep, and uh, when I've not been in ministry, I've probably spent a good 15, 16 years in the healthcare industry, at different levels in sales and marketing and management along the way. And tell us a bit about how you get involved in Voice to the Nations Church. Yeah, that's a great story. Voice to the Nations was uh, was a, just an idea in the heart of my mother-in-law, who started it as a ladies' Arabic fellowship. My wife is Lebanese. They come from an Arabic background. And, and my mother-in-law, about 96, when we first got married, started this Arabic ladies' fellowship, just met in a home, all Arabic women. And over the years, the, 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 the meeting just started to evolve. And then it became an Arabic church. And then they started to translate for English because some English people started to come. They met in an old Baptist church in Granville, uh, not far from Parramatta. And uh, and then today it's a thriving, healthy, 
multinational, multicultural church in Granville, still in Granville, uh, and going along strong. And so we came a part of that full-time about five years ago. Okay, and you've been working there as the associate pastor. What, what, are, your, what are your duties? That uh, What does your role entail? <laughs> oh, well, uh, any given day, any number <laughs> of things. Uh, of course, pastoral care. Uh, my wife and I oversee the administration and the business management of the church uh, alongside our board. Uh, but pastoral care, um, my wife runs the children's ministry with a group of committed guys there. And so we, any given day can be, any, as you know better than anyone, uh, <laughs> church can, uh, whatever hat you wear is the hat you've got on. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, mate. And you and I met uh, a couple of times in Sydney at the Bible League dinner that I was uh, a part of. And uh, I was really encouraged to hear a bit about your ministry. And I, when, I, when I met up, I said, we've got to do an interview. I want to find out more about this blog that you do, uh, Chasing Light, the blog. Tell us how this came about. Really, it started as a connection point with some of the young guys and the young adults in our church where I just emailed just some thoughts that might have been a devotional or just an encouragement. And then uh, that kind of evolved into starting to blog uh, and that would be about three years ago now, and um, we talked about, you know, just chasing God in our everyday ordinary. And so Chasing Light was born, and we try to blog every week. Um, sometimes I'm as diligent as I should be, other times I get caught up, but we try to blog every week, and uh, and we just put it out there. It's had some really good take-up, and um, I enjoy writing, so it's been a fun journey. And you've released a book as well. How did that go? That was fun. Uh, that was unintentional. Uh, funnily enough, the, I was blogging on a series that I had... Uh, usually my blogs end up being something I've preached, and I just take it from the notes and convert it into a blog. And, and I, was, uh, I was preaching um, a message called Life Interrupted. Uh, it was a series, and I started to blog on it. And at the kitchen table, it kind of ran by its own and uh, I remember talking to my wife and I said to her maybe maybe there's a book here I'll keep writing and so organically Life Interrupted come to be the book and uh, and we decided to you know put pen to paper and uh, and here we are 12 months later we launched it in December last year mm-hmm. uh, and it's been a real fun ride I didn't intend to write it it happened completely organically and naturally and it was a really fun process Let's just unpack that a bit. Tell us the heart behind the book. Simon of Cyrene uh, is where it all started. I have always been fascinated in the old Jesus movies we used to watch at Easter as a boy. The idea of whichever character played Simon to carry the cross, you know, forced by a Roman soldier. And as I started to think about that over the years, and then I, I was really inspired by Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion of the Christ, who articulated and captured, I think, that so well. And a gentleman by the name of Jareth Mers played Simon of Cyrene in that movie, who I thought did such an amazing job, and I was inspired by the idea that really we know very little about this man. We know that he came into Jerusalem when the city was under siege, He came from a far place, and his life turned around so quickly. His life was interrupted, yet he played such a pivotal role in human history. And the idea that God oftentimes works in our life, we don't always know God's there, but the fingerprints of God are always revealed in the end. And like Simon the Serene, I think God does things in our world, unexpected, 
unexpected interruptions, but they actually turn out to be great God moments. Mm, so true, you know, and I think in this uh, busy life, we've got so many options, uh, we've got so many distractions, and uh, sometimes in the midst of those distractions, you can find out what God really wants you to do, hey? <laughs> exactly right. Surprising, but that's I think that's just how he does it. And tell us a bit about your heart for uh, writing. You know, a lot of people these days might do a quick Facebook post or they might do a quick video or something, but to actually sit down and write, you've got to be disciplined and you've got to take time and you've got to seek God, don't you? Tell us about what you do to get your inspiration for your blog and, and your writing. Well, normally it starts as a message and I might write an outline when I'm preaching and doing whatever I'm doing and, and it'll start as an outline just as a message. Uh, but then I'll unpack that some more and explore. And uh, as we said, usually our blogs come from whatever I've been speaking on. Um, but when writing, yeah, it does take a discipline. I have terrible grammar, Matt. I am terrible. <laughs> so I have a great team of people around me who make me sound like I can speak legibly. Um, and uh, But writing, just to take the time to find inspiration and, and to make sure that... that Sometimes you can just write for the sake of writing. I feel the pressure I need to have a blog out. It's been a week or whatever the case might be. I try very hard to just really write from the heart of God with what God's talking to me about. I don't try to create stuff just to have content, although sometimes that's a necessary problem. But I really try try to find it a place where God's talking to me, where it's a genuine move of what's happening in my world and in my heart, and then try to articulate that for the blog and write that down. Well, it's been inspirational to hear a bit of your testimony today and a bit of your heart for uh, writing and uh, encouraging people in, in God's Word. You know, there might be people listening that are thinking, you know, I, uh, I hear this guy talk about God, I hear, hear him talk about how he gave his life to God and, and how he spends time with God. You know, for those that are listening that don't know the gospel, that don't know the good news of Jesus Christ, share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Well, you know, we uh, we at any level in Australia will capture the story of Jesus at Easter time and at Christmas at a bare minimum. And I often think, for people out there who, who, who know the story, it's more than just a fable. It's He's more than just a, a human person who has been written about for millennia. Jesus Christ is a very real person. The cross, the stories that we hear about at Christmas, the birth of Christ more than just a bedtime story it's real and i learned that as a young man that i was able to capture the story of jesus and believe it for what it was my journey over the last 25 30 years and 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 exploring more of who god is and who jesus is just becomes real every day so for that person who's wondering what is it all about is it all you know just a fable is, was Jesus just a, a hysterical touch point, a, a historical touch point? No, he was real, and he is real. And, and I think if you can just take that step, to take that leap of faith and ask God for real, who are you? Reveal yourself to me and, and, and have that touch point. I think your life will never be the same again. Absolutely. And so I would encourage anyone to pick up your Bible and have a read, find a local church, and uh, and connect with people. Find God in community, find God in relationship, and, uh, and, and, and your life will never be the same again.
Mate, just before we wrap up today, you know, one of the things that I think is so important that uh, for us as pastors to encourage people is we need to encourage people to feed themselves. You know, a lot of people do go to the latest blog or the latest podcast or the latest Christian radio or TV or whatever, you know, to, to get fed or to church, you know, and it's great to get other people to feed you, but we need to learn to feed ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, my 13-year-old son recently, uh, I, I shared with him about, you know, the best gift I can give him is to teach him how to read God's Word for himself and to spend his own quiet time with God, doing his own devotions. Mm. Um, just throw out a challenge to anyone listening to this, you know. What is the best way for us to develop our relationship with God and our quiet times and devotions? What, what's your advice on that? Um, well, firstly, I encourage people to find a local church. You know, you're a pastor and you're doing a great work in your ministry. In fact, at the Bible League just recently in, in, in August when we met the last time, you preached a word that's been bouncing around in my head for a while. You talked out of Matthew 9.35. talked where Jesus talked to people that were weary and scattered. And at the end of the day, I, I, I have this thought. Uh, we're all broken. In one shape, way or another, life has had an impact on us. We're broken. Uh, many of us are tired. And, and I think finding that, that, that God moment and, and connecting with God in our weariness, in our brokenness, as we're scattered, we're busy, you said it earlier, running around with schedules and doing what life does and too busy for anything to slow down. I think the best point to do that is to take a breath. Firstly, find God in community, which is find a local church that blesses you and encourages you and builds you. That's a great part of your, your God walk. Uh, I really find God in community. A big part of my life is finding God's voice and hearing God's voice, voice with God's people. So finding a devotional point there is a good start. Have a community that will preach to you, that will share you the Word, that you can have a Bible study, that will talk about God's Word in whatever context. That's a great devotional point. Uh, but also taking that step back. Of course, we find God in the Word, His Word, the Bible. And a lot of people find the Bible difficult to read, and I, I get that. But I think like anything, once you spend time with it, you become familiar. You get to know it, you get to learn it, and then all of a sudden the Bible's not this book of code or, or myth. It's a, very, it's a letter from God to His people. And I often hear God's voice uh, very clearly and very loudly when I read the Bible. And I find moments of inspiration, and I have a visitation. I, I get God. I feel God in that moment. So read your Bible. Of course, connect the blogs and all those people out there that can push you towards God. I love reading. Uh, I think reading is a significant part of spiritual growth. Uh, I think if you want to learn anything, you can put up a book, and it'll take you to a place where you want to go. So do a lot of reading. Listen to people. Um, Christian TV is a great touch point. Christian radio, of course, what you do at Vision, I'm constantly inspired by Christian radio. Um, not just the music and the worship moments that it creates, but the, the words from presenters just like you uh, who are all pushing us towards God. And I, I think there are so many mediums we can capture as Christians to connect with God. It's almost impossible not to do it. Well, I agree completely, mate, and uh, I think it's the most important thing that we get our spiritual journey with God on the right path. 
personally, privately, as well as publicly, like you said. Uh, fantastic, mate. Well, if people want to find out more, uh, we can uh, encourage people to check out Chasing Light, the blog. They yep. can do a search for that. Uh, it's uh, chasinglightuc.wordpress.com. If they want to subscribe to the blog, uh, they can search up Voice of the Nations Church in Sydney. And uh, you're also on uh, Instagram and uh, you yep. do all social media and Facebook as well. Uh, yeah, Chasing on Instagram, Nathan Thiebridge, and uh, Facebook at Chasing Light. Uh, and all those uh, other addresses you mentioned, yes. Very cool, mate. It's been great to catch up with you today, mate. God bless. Have a good one. Likewise, mate. Thank you for the time. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.